Welcome to B-Movies and eBooks. I am Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And it is episode 145, our top five films of 2020. Woo! What a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, what's new with you, Brian? So many movies to choose from. Oh my God. Dude, <laughs> I think, like, what's weird is I probably had, uh, you know, more opportunity to watch movies theoretically last year than any other year, but uh-huh. I think I've watched less movies last year than any other year. Yeah, me too. And I think I've watched a lot of weirder movies or whatever. Like, for instance, I watched uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca from like the 1950s, and then the new version of Rebecca <laughs> that was made in like 2019. Was that good? <laughs> like, I, it was all right. It's weird. Which one was better, the Alfred Hitchcock classic or the one that came out two years ago that I've never heard of? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They were (laughs) probably the Hitchcock. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, last year. Okay, so like, you know, while we were all quarantined and all that, I mean, the reason for me is most of the time my kids are watching stuff or we have to watch kid appropriate things, which take away a lot of movies, right? Yeah. The other thing is my job. I worked at home a lot of the year and my job takes longer to do at home. So (laughs) I was working more, even though I wasn't commuting. And then we had the worst hurricane season on record and my job's also directly tied into any hurricane that hits the Gulf. So it's yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get for being one of those uh, government hurricane controllers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, these are all excuses. I watched a lot less movies last year than normal. <laughs> and uh, I, I, but who, what's weird who is... Who is this excuse for? Our audience, you know, because... <laughs> There's a lot of things on here that may have made it, you know, in 2020, yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, a promising young woman looked awesome. Yeah, I missed that too. I wanted to see that. And I'm not to be a- fair. That came out like two weeks ago though. Yeah. It did come out at the tail end of 2020. Um, but either way that looked good. Uh, anything for Jackson. I haven't taken time to watch. And but I have taken time to rewatch a lot of my old VHSs. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. Uh, it's it's a mixed bag, really. Yeah, yeah, man. I cannot wait until things get back to normal. There's a uh, Alamo draft house supposedly being built like less than two miles from my house. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's right there. And if that happens and things get back to normal, yeah. But the problem is, is they've they've filed uh, bankruptcy, Mm -hmm. but not their entire franchise. I think that it's like franchised certain uh, locations are bankrupt, and it could operate like a subway. Well, yeah, but I think that they have a little more um, oversight than a subway. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, like Subway, you're not going to get weird <laughs> buns bought from the store. It's not like you just get to throw Subway on. <laughs> get like sunbeam bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So I don't think yeah. it's just going to be like a Cinemark with Almo on it. But uh, mm-hmm. 
But I, I will say I was pretty, I've been pretty bummed about that. Uh, but this is a place like it's right next to a place where they, this Mexican restaurant that we love. Um, and, uh, every once in a while I'll go pick stuff up. And the last time I picked something up there was around Christmas time. And there's a big sign there now. It's like future home of Alamo draft house. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, I can That's get promising. I can get kick-ass Mexican food, walk next door and watch a movie. Whew. Yep. All, all that it hinges on is people taking the pandemic seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, then it's 100% going to happen. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> but until then, we're stuck in a state of limbo. <laughs> uh, another fun thing is, uh, you know, uh, never mind. <laughs> so what's new with you? <laughs> uh not not too much um just just working on stuff yeah i mean i can't really talk about any of it right now because it's like can't really talk about things that are in early stages and i can't really talk about things that are in production can you talk so, about what's new with you on a personal life on a personal level <laughs> no i'm also i'm also muzzled no, i have death. an nda from myself <laughs> yeah my uh, wife, i mean I my wife is real litigious <laughs> <laughs> i mean Craig, it's like there's not much going on what in real in life in general oh dude we found um that there is this like uh this german restaurant that mm-hmm. Saturday mornings does not have a crowd for the first two hours they're open. So, mm-hmm. uh, patio so time. German food. Well, I love German food. <laughs> I know, but is, do you want to eat like 10 sausages at eight in the morning? <laughs> no, but I'd say every three months, not eight in the morning, but 11 in the morning. They don't see crowds till one. Oh, so that's not that you can, bad. and they have a huge patio, which, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever mentioned on here, but I'm germaphobic as shit. So this pandemic has been yeah. really weird for me in general, but, um, but I'm not, you know, Hey, if, if I can eat outside on a patio, okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't eaten inside in a restaurant since this shit began, but, yeah. um, but yeah, they have this like 300 foot patio. I mean, it's massive. And so they just sit you at opposite corners until, you know, and by the time, there's more than two couples out there, roughly hundreds of feet away from each other. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can already eat and be done. And so it's pretty good. We went nice. yesterday. So I'm glad that that's what's new with you. <laughs> yeah, that is totally what's new with me is you found a new German food place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's been nothing is that different. Yeah. You know, but uh, I have a couple of like news things. That's good. I was thinking you were going to say, I have a couple of complaints about you. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> um, so, short one is uh, yet again, um, I don't know about you, if you heard about this, the King Kong versus Godzilla movie has changed like release date again. But it moved it back up to March again, so it's been like bouncing around all for for all of this year, basically. Um, so that's cool. It's going to go straight to HBO if you've got that, um, but also uh, released in theaters. Yeah, 
Um, but I'm super excited because I really liked the 2014 Godzilla. I really liked King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island was amazing. So I'm pumped. That and Dune are like my ante- most anticipated movie of 2021. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I didn't watch the last Godzilla now that I think about it. King of the Monsters? Yeah. It's basically just explosions for two hours. Dude. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put that in my in my list of things to watch. And and people complained about it. They complained about the 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 2014 one as having too much like human in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like too much of a story. And then this one came out and it was like all explosions, and then they were like well, why didn't you make the characters have a better story? Oh, I know. I I did see that. What the? <laughs> People complain about anything, though. Literally anything. Yeah. Oh, dude, did um did I tell you? So wait, hold on. So it's going back to March. It yeah. was March. Then it moved what to the summer or something? It. I think it was originally in March or April, and then it moved to like. Yeah, end of summer, like September or something like that. Um, but it, it's been bouncing around. I think it was actually originally supposed to be in 2020. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and and so it's just been kind of in release limbo. Uh, do you think that they're just waiting for... They're trying to get a theatrical run, but now they're not very assured that it'll be over by... Uh, well, they're doing, they're doing theater... But I think, you know, I, I feel like in 2020, everybody was just kind of uncertain completely about whether movie theaters were ever really going to be profitable again. Yeah. You know? Um, and so there's this, uh, you know, there was a big stink about HBO releasing all their movies all at once, like all the Warner Brother legendary all those movies at the same time, like yeah. um, streaming them too. And so they've come to like, I don't know if they're going to do it for every one of them, but they were talking about how it's only going to be for a month on HBO. And then it's going to go exclusive to theaters again. And then I come back to HBO like eight months later or whatever. You know what? I think the best thing to do with movies right now are, I'm not sure that everywhere is doing it, but here, you know, Cinemarch, you can rent the theaters for a hundred now and watch whatever movie you want. Mm-hmm. You just get like, <laughs> you know, seven to ten friends, and and rent the damn theater. If you know, it's the same price as getting your tickets. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad idea, honestly. Like that's the way to do it, huh? Huh? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so, so Godzilla versus Kong, and I'm super pumped. Oh, did I tell you? I don't think we. I think I've talked to you about it, but I don't believe that we've discussed it on here. Um, mm-hmm. not really a, a book review per se, but uh, I finished reading Autumn Bleeds into Winter by Jeff Strand. Hmm. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Cool. I mean. It's very, very good, especially if you like the kind of um, Stranger Things type vibe, even though this isn't this is retro in a sense that it's set back in like 79, something like that. 
but it's not mm-hmm. nostalgic the way that uh, Stranger Things is, you know? You know how they yeah. nostalgic uh, everything pop culture? This one really yeah. isn't like that. Uh, it's just, you know, a period piece. But it's fantastic. Um, I'm not sure. It, it's not a young adult novel or anything like that. But it, it's much it, much kind of like Summer of 84. Did you ever watch that? You know what? I just started that this morning, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Where the kids are, like, looking at a serial killer. This one, mm-hmm. in this book, like, um, a kid finds, like, he sees his best friend get taken, and he knows who killed him. Mm-hmm. But he also wasn't supposed to be out whenever that happened. And he also knows no one will believe him. And so yeah. he, he tries to take it to the cops, but the cops are like, yeah, this is a good man. What are you talking about? You know, we've mm-hmm. checked everything. And so it's kind of that whole Disturbia mixed with Summer of 84 type type vibe. Very good. I Disturbia. highly recommend. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it, that's what Disturbia was. I know, but I mean, it's like, you know... You could you could have gone like rear window, <laughs> yeah. But this is kids, right? yeah. yeah. Or even I would even go as far to say is that it's not that different than Fright Night, mm. you know. Yeah. Like except for he's not a vampire; he's a killer. Where is he? <laughs> no, he's definitely he just a killer. A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's really really good. I highly recommend. Uh, like I've probably read more Jeff Strand books. As, than any other author, but this does not disappoint. Uh, mm. Really, really good. Check it out. Um, cool. Yeah. Maybe that's where my movie time has gone. I'm just reading books instead. Just reading tons of Jeff Strand books. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I, I got another thing. Uh, there is a special edition of Southland Tales coming out that's like fully restored and I think there's extra footage in it um, and it's on like Blu-ray and there's going to be uh, an animated short that's added to it too and I am super excited. Uh, yeah, it's 15 minutes longer. You know what's great? When that movie came out we were laughing that like ha, The Rock and Justin Timberlake are in a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> now he's like the rocks the biggest movie star in the world yeah he like i'm pretty sure he is the like highest paid actor in hollywood right now yeah it's nuts uh but, but for, for for anybody who doesn't know what this movie is it's a uh, richard kelly the guy who did donnie darko it's basically the spiritual successor to donnie darko but somehow even makes less sense southland tales of rules Oh, <laughs> Southland Tales is amazing. But, I, but I, I still don't see how it's a spiritual successor. I mean, it's it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not like a an, a direct sequel or anything. No, they both but, involve time travel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's but, like theme-wise. But um, yeah, I love Southland Tales. Still not sure I get it. Uh, it has <laughs> the best casting ever. <laughs> yeah. Because... Because it, it's people like Sean William Scott and Sharon Michelle Geller and uh, The Rock are in it. Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry and the other guy from Mad TV. I don't, um, I don't know. But, 
but uh, they are all playing people who are completely against type, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's like Justin Timberlake's in it, but he's like a burnt out um, PTSD veteran. Yeah, he had been injured in. Yeah, yeah he, he was what Iraqi war vet that was injured think, in combat, yeah, yeah. and yeah, he. Dude, that movie's good. It's jacked up. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's really good. Yeah, and so 15, 15 minutes extra, I'm down to see. It'll probably solve all the questions or answer all the questions from the movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's kind of like uh, uh, the the director's cut of Donnie Darko is just a lot l- longer uh, there was an explanation of time travel that it needed like <laughs> water and metal and high speeds, but that was like yeah. one of the only differences. And I, I, I remember listening to it uh, with commentary back when I used to do something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and Kevin Smith was on the commentary and he's like, so where'd you get this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Richard Kelly's like, oh, I mean, it just seemed like high speed water and, you know, metal. Was there like elements and plus speed? Seems like time travel. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to know that he has such, you know, um, detailed background information. <laughs> you know, like stuff that you, the, you don't necessarily see on the movie, but it's there. Yeah. He was like, well, I had to frame rules somehow. Yeah. But then it was cut out. of. (laughs) But, yeah. I remember one of the other things that was cut out of the Donnie Darko director's cut was, uh, or I mean, it was on the director's cut, but cut out of the regular one, was like the more graphic shot of his death at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just like... Spoilers. (laughs) I didn't say who's. Yeah, yeah, that and like the conversations between him. Well, that and movie's like thirty years old, Craig. <laughs> it's, it's not thirty years old. But yeah, it, it's old. Um, what it, it probably is twenty nineteen. Huh? Damn yeah. nineteen. Damn, I remember watching that and uh, when our band was on tour, we, me and you and who else? Andrew, probably went and watched it in a friend of ours' dorm room. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, that was like, an- and then somehow the like that was the same day that like the fire alarm for the whole campus went off, right? Yeah, um, and, and we saw the rest of the band. <laughs> yeah, they were outside giving flyers to, <laughs> to people that, <laughs> that had been stuck uh, out with fire alarms. But yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that movie rules. Uh, but I'm very excited to he- see more Southland Tales. Although I do have the graphic novel that Bill from Longbox Small Talk gave, uh, not gave to me. He let me borrow no shit 13 years ago and I never gave it back. Uh, so Bill, I still owe that to you. I also, he let me borrow the, the Blu-ray of Psycho and I lost it when I moved and I kept telling him that I was going to get him a new one and I keep forgetting. So, Bill, if you haven't gotten a re <laughs> rethink of Psycho, let me know. I'll send you one through Amazon or something. Or just cut this part from the show. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never know. But 
All right. Well, do you want to get in the movies? Our top sure. five of 2020. I will be right back. All right, we're back. We're talking top five of our movie picks for 2020. Woo! So, um, mine's not in any sort of... Well, mine is in an order of, you know, uh, the the films I liked in, in what order, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not like any by any sort of genre or anything. Yeah, I didn't do genre this time either. I just did movies. Mm, yeah. Cool. All right. Because so you, you usually it's, it's do. Roughly, it's roughly in five to one order. Okay. Well, you want to go first? Sure. Cool. I'll man. go first. Okay. So this first one, uh, actually most of these... Nah, like three out of five of them we actually did on the show. To Whoa. be honest with you, I know two of mine. Are. Um, <clears throat> so this first one uh, is it, it kind of spoke to me on a uh, not really nostalgic level, but it it ticked you know a lot of boxes for me, and that is uh, directed by Christopher Landon. The body swap comedy, Freaky, oh, believe it or not. That's in my yeah. honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. So so I am a huge fan of the genre. You know, I think we mentioned that whenever uh, we, we uh, did our review on it, like to the point where um, like the day before I watched this one, I watched like a made for TV Disney Channel one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which but, one was that? Um, the one where it's the, the kid from Cobra Kai and, um, he swaps bodies with, uh, a girl that he knows. Oh yeah. Those are the best ones where it's the, the, the I mean, Freaky did the same thing where it's a yeah. body swap, gender, gender swap. And then they're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And then, um. And then for some reason, there's always the scene where like they look at their own their private parts. Yeah, like, every time. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so this one, I mean, there were a few um, a few problems, you know, th- that we sort of addressed, and that was like, although Vince Vaughn did a really good job as like a teenage girl, it didn't really mesh too well with the teenage girl that was established beforehand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it, if you look past that, it was, a you know, he did a great job um, doing that. And then Catherine Newton, uh, who played Millie, the, the female um, protagonist. Well, I guess most of the time. Yeah. Anyway, she's the villain, but, uh, she did a great job uh, kind of being this sort of cold, calculated psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought it was good. There was a, a lot of uh, good moments between um, Vince Vaughn as Millie and her friends. Um, it was, you know, uh, th- there was a, a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. Um, there were some pretty inventive kills. Um the the that were interesting, but yeah, uh, freaky. You know, the classic body swap comedy with um, murder. <laughs> huh. 
Um, okay, so yeah, I my number five. I'm not sure uh, if it's going to appeal to everyone because it, this one really ticked a lot of boxes personally for me. Uh-huh. Um, so back in 2005, 2004, you know, early 2000s, we've talked about before, uh, you know, me, we were both in a band called the remote junkies and I, in 2005 ish, I ran a recording studio out of a warehouse, right? <laughs> are you frozen mm-hmm. or are you just trying to figure out where? <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, that, 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 those are, those are things that happen. <laughs> okay. So in 2005, a band comes in, uh, who I don't know from Houston and they come in, they record an album and, uh, I, you know, I recorded their album and they released it and I became real good friends with, uh, especially one member of the band, uh, Bill, uh, who was, uh, you know, a co-host of Longbox Small Talk on the BNE network. We became really the good friends. The same Bill, the same Bill you owe a copy of Psycho to. <laughs> the same, one and the same, but they recorded a song called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Uh, and during that session and it, that song, uh, became like a thing between them and David Arquette where they became friends and stuff out of it. And, it, and so anyway, long story short, uh, that's also the name of this film that uses the song and Hey, I'm in background vocals on that song. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so obviously uncredited, but, uh, but yeah, so this film is also called you cannot kill David Arquette. And it's about him feeling like, uh, it's a documentary. Um, it's about David Arquette feeling like he, was a joke in the wrestling world. He, he, you know, he was never respected, nor did he think he should have earned the respect uh, at the time, but he really likes wrestling. And he, it's more a character study than anything, um, just about who he thinks he is. It's very sad. It's, uh, it's, it's poignant. It's a really, really good documentary. Um, Again, it's a wrestling documentary about David Arquette, so it's very niche. Um, but <laughs> and like I said, uh, I honestly it never would have made my radar without the song and all of that, you know. Yeah, but that was a weird story arc. Just like the the whole like, you know, a, a band we we knew wrote a song about David Arquette and then somehow became friends with David Arquette. Yeah, because of it, because he's used it to like when he's been on talk shows and stuff like that. He comes out to it sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. and stuff. It's yeah, it's just, it's just peculiar. Yeah, um, he. But I mean, if some random band wrote a song about me, I'd use it for everything too. Well, hell, it was like what oh seven. Whenever um he came to Houston to promote the Tripper, and he came mm-hmm. out and sung the song with him. We all met David yeah. Arquette, like in yeah. you know, like. Uh, and uh you know to his credit uh, i'm pretty sure with him what you see is what you get like he he's mm-hmm. not a, he didn't i have very limited experience with him met him one time and uh, but shit he was r- arm wrestling people for quarters and stuff <laughs> like he's he's just a <laughs> weird dude like but really cool i i'm a david arquette fan um, yeah. but yeah, anyway, long story short, I highly recommend you cannot h- kill David Arquette. It's, I think it's on Hulu right now, 
We've not talked yeah. about it on the podcast because I just watched it last week and I was like, yeah. huh, this yeah, came it, out in 2020. It, it, like literally check. just came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check my box. So that's my number five. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see a documentary make the top five. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I think the last one that did was, uh, was that, uh, the nightmare. Oh, nightmare. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's <laughs> really, really creepy. Um. Okay. So mine. Uh, I forgot. We usually say like release dates or whatever. This one, uh, March thirteenth, two thousand twenty. Um, it is kind of looking back on it now is um almost puts it in a completely different light, and I don't know how I feel about it. But um, directed by Craig Zobel, uh, written by Nick Cruz and David Lindoff, um, The Hunt, right, is is my number four. Oh, shit, uh, that was a, 2020? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> a political action horror. <laughs> um, basically, it's the most dangerous game, um, but... A bunch of yuppie liberals are hunting conservatives. Oh no! You, hold on, and a bunch of a bunch of liberals are hunting conservatives. Where you cut out on their ranch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just basically, um, well, their ranch. We'll put that in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean it's it's incredibly violent. Right. Um, it's hilarious. Um, you know, but it's also very polarizing. Yeah. Um, and uh, mostly, mostly polarizing from people who have not seen it. Yeah. I believe the president (laughs) got the movie, uh, uh, shelved for a year by griping about it on Twitter. Correct. And uh, which is no longer an option. When you start watching the movie, you you understand that you know uh, the the liberals aren't really the good guys in this movie. Oh, they are absolutely the bad guys, <laughs> and it satirizes both sides very well. Yes, and so you know, it in light of recent events, yeah, um, probably <laughs> some so some of it might be a little a little weird, um, but it is it it's a fresh take. An unexpected take, obvious and honestly, on what I, I thought it was going to be. It was actually kind of the exact opposite of what I was expecting it to be. You know, all year I've been like, man, that's probably been my movie of the year. And then when it came time to do this, I was like, that was 2019 <laughs> in my head. I didn't even put it on my list. All right. Well, I mean, it was supposed to be 2019. Yeah. But it got shelved for a long time due to right wing outrage from people who had never seen it. Because, you know, uh, this is one time they could have played the victim. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I freaking, one of my good friends lives, uh, down the road from me. We talk and I, I told him about it and, you know, he's, he's very conservative. I'm not, but, uh, and I told him about it. He's like, you know, that's liberal bullshit. <laughs> he got like mad about the premise. And I was like, dude, you got to watch it. And I was like, he's like, it's liberal bullshit. And I was like, no, no, it really isn't. He's like, all right, that's a movie you can watch, not me. 
<laughs> like, I'm mad. I'm like, all right, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, like you would enjoy this movie. Yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah. So the hunt. Yeah. I didn't put my directors in all of that, but my number four is going to be a remake of a universal classic movie. Um, it came out in the early part of this year, right around the time it shut down. Um, and this is uh, The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Uh, very effective thriller. I have one glaring loophole in it uh, that, in fact... It, Wait, be- how come you couldn't see him? No, well, sort <laughs> of. Sort of. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is a, a fresh take on it. It's got some really, really effective scenes. Um, very... Uh, it's got some real violent stuff. And... Uh, but it's really, really well made, really good. I, I would call it more of a thriller than a horror film. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, the Invisible Man. Is it, is it better than Hollow Man? <clears throat> yes. Yes. I can say without <laughs> fail that it's better than Hollow Man. Now, better than Hollow Man 2? Uh, <laughs> not sure. <laughs> Didn't that have Rob Lowe? <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have an invisible gorilla? Because the first one did. Yeah, this one did not. No. I, you know, I've rewatched the old Invisible Man uh, twice this past year, and it's not really anything the same. <laughs> that wasn't. That wasn't Kar- Karloff, was it? That was. Uh, um, I don't remember. That wasn't him, though, right? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it was, wasn't it? It was. Hold on. Claude Rains. Was Claude Rains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Rocky theme. Yeah. Claude Rains yeah. was the Invisible Man. <laughs> like the Rocky theme song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rocky Horror. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my next one is maybe uh, really, really depressing. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. My next one is uh, depressing, so too. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same one. Doubt it is. You say you doubt? I doubt it. Okay. Well, let's, let's see. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't ever, like, I guess we should make mention, we don't ever talk about what uh, our picks are. Um, before we do this show, and so sometimes we just pick the same movies, mm. <laughs> and then like, um, yeah. okay. So we also this, sometimes have uh, different criteria. <laughs> yeah. So we're maybe we should talk about what we're going to do on an episode before we do it. Um, so this is released in September sixteenth, right? Uh, directed by Antonio Campos. Um, it is the devil all the time. Ah, oh, that um, what? No, that was in my honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, this movie is depressing as crap. Um, and it is it's sort of like a uh, a few interconnected vignettes, like Southern Gothic style. You know what I mean? Um, it's set in like the the forties, right? And um, starring Tom Holland, even though it's starring him and he's only in like half the movie, but uh, it's just a bunch of just 
tragedy that uh, befalls him and those around him. And then it's it's dark. Um, it's really depressing, but it's a it's a really enjoyable. Well, at least for me, it was really enjoyable. Um, a really enjoyable movie with a lot of really good acting. Um, like there, there's so many good actors in this movie. Uh, Bill Skarsgård's in it. Tom Holland, um, Sebastian Stan, um, uh, Robert Pattinson. Like there's a a lot of good performances in this. Um, if you're okay with sort of depressing slow burn movies like uh no country for old men or was, something like that i was just gonna say it gives off real strong no country for old men vibes to me yeah um i mean it could have been i i think this was based on a book but i don't remember yeah it was but it wasn't uh it wasn't it wasn't Cormac Cormac mccarthy that no. <laughs> dude man <laughs> but um but yeah yeah devil all the time it's on netflix um, it's like a Netflix movie, uh, but it's super duper depressing, um, really dark. So, yeah. Number re- three. <laughs> really good movie. I, I like that movie a lot. Um, yeah. My number three also has Tom Holland in it, um, but in, in a way, <laughs> even though he's in the lead. Way. Yeah. Uh, so this movie came out in the early part, um, early part of the you know, shut down, all that kind of stuff. It came out March 6th of last year. Um, and it was Onward. Oh, Disney's yeah, yeah. Onward, maybe my favorite Disney movie I've ever seen. You know, I lost my father last year. It was very tra- traumatic and hard for me. And this movie deals with that. So it really hit on multiple levels. However, it's a fantastic movie. Like, fantastic. Uh, so it's like... In teenage elf brothers, <laughs> Ian and Barley embark on a magical quest to spend one more day with their late father. Like any good adventure, their journey is filled with cryptic maps and possible obstacles and unimaginable discoveries. But when dear mom finds out that her sons are missing, she teams up with the legendary Manticore to bring back her beloved boys from home. Or yeah. bring her beloved boys back home. It's a... um. It's very much uh, rooted in, you know, the D&D mythos and stuff like that, yeah. which I am not really a D&D guy, so a lot of that kind of went over my head, but um But it's but it's like present day, right? Like they have cars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they like basically society has gone past uh you know, any, the magical stuff, like it kind of mm-hmm. looks down on it and you know, they're much more science-based. And yeah. so anyway, um it's very good. Very good. If you've slept on this movie and you like, you know, hey, I'm not even a Disney movie guy, really. Yeah. I, I like some, but uh, this movie's fantastic. Fantastic film. Um, so, yeah, and- I heard that if you have lost a, p- a parent, especially a father, you will bawl your eyes out. Yeah, yeah. It'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I lost my shit uh, watching this, especially, you know, my, I lost my dad. Uh, when the podcast took a break late last year, um, you know, that's kind of what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I lost my dad in the latter part of the year. And then this came out early on in the year. And yeah, it was very tough to take, but not discouraging or anything. Uh, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from watching it. it it's a sad movie, yeah. but it's so good. So anyway, yeah. Onward. Check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. 
Yeah, I've been meaning to. Um, it look. It's uh, who's it? Like, who's the other brother? It's uh, Chris uh, Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. I I'll bet awesome. our no our last two. I'll bet they match. Well, I bet one of them does. I'll bet they both do. I bet they both don't. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe they don't. <clears throat> I mean, unless there's just something I'm total. Oh, I know what you've got for your next one. All right, go. I know what it is. Go for it. It well, what what spoil your next? No, one? no, no. Go for, go with your number two. We'll see what <laughs> happens. Because I'm pretty sure your number two is on my honorable mentions. Ah. Um. Okay. So this uh, released September third. Um. I am a sucker for pretty much all of his movies. Um. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan. This is Tenet. That came out um, in September. I was thinking it came out in July. No, it was supposed to, but ah. it got pushed um, because they he he wanted to make sure people saw it in the theaters, and then you know <laughs> then it like, didn't go away. Then twenty so yeah. theaters still were. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of wish I had seen it in theater, um, but it is it, it in in the vein of Inception, you know, but it's much more action. Uh, the you know Inception was more of like a heist movie with some weirdness. This is more of an action movie with some weirdness. Um, and it obviously, if you've seen the trailers or whatever, it deals somewhat with time travel. Um, but they do it in sort of a unique way uh, that is sort of like how Primer approached it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it leads to some of the most inventive action scenes I have ever seen in my life. Like this movie, like there were parts where I'm just watching it and like literally like dumbstruck how you would even film or conceive how to do few of these action scenes. Yeah. Um, And, and what's crazy is aside from the end, it's not very like large scale at all. You know, it's very, very confined. Like one of the scenes that I was so impressed with is in a hallway. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's not like a huge scope, but I'm just watching it and I have no idea how you would do it. Hmm. And, you know, so and, and what's crazier, you know, is most of the stuff uh, in true Christopher Nolan fashion is like um, not CG. Right. Um and so it's just, it's insane. Uh, it's it's very, very mind-bending. Um, but, you know, if you like Christopher Nolan movies, if you like action movies, check it out. Um, I don't know. It It's it's nuts. It's really nuts. Yeah. That's all I can say <laughs> without spoiling, like, uh, the whole thing. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I almost picked it up to rent this week because I was like... I'm pretty sure if I do, it's going to make my list. But then also I didn't find the time, but I knew yeah. that it would make your list. Eh, but find the time. I guess that makes more sense. <laughs> I've seen the movie. Um, it really doesn't. I heard it's the sound mix was book. shit on that movie. Though. No. Everyone. Okay. So that's everyone's like major criticism, but here's the thing. It's only for like five minutes in the beginning. Hmm. It, well, I mean, it's a couple times. Does the main the, character only say the word tenet? Y- no. <laughs> <laughs> I, what? All right. 
Yeah. Why would he only say the word tenant? <laughs> because the way that the summary that I read it, it was like, you know, he's armed with the word. He only knows uh, one word, tenant, is key to unlocking the oh, mystery. Oh, no, no. And I was it's like. like a, it's, so it's a spy movie, basically. Okay. It's a it's an espionage movie. And um, it's a password. Yeah, and I so figured he's given the password is tenant. I figured, but as soon as I read that, I was like, "Oh God, that'd be hilarious if it, he, it was like a Groot situation." <laughs> tenant. No, so, so they have to wear like face masks at time, like gas masks. And at the beginning, it is kind of hard to to understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, it just drops you in the middle of everything, so you have no clue what's happening. Right. So I guess at at the beginning I can see where the criticism is, but then once you're in it, it doesn't really, yeah, you know, it doesn't really take you out of it. Um, what is crazy is almost no one in this movie is named. Well, I mean, there's a few of them, but like the main character, uh, John David Washington, he doesn't. His character doesn't have a name. He's listed in the credits as protagonist. Huh. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> so. I'll have yeah. to check it um, out. I mean, there's a there's a few people that have it, uh, like all pretty much all the other like main people, but like he's the protagonist. Yeah. But yeah. Um. All right. My number two, I'll bet, is your number one. It's uh, okay. Uh, directed by Richard Stanley, came out. It shows in 2019, even though it was only in Film Fest. It had a, a rollout in January 22nd, 2020. Um, oh, crap. I missed this. Color out of I space. I did, not. Oh, shit. All right. Then I know that our number ones match. Uh, so, yeah, Color Out I of Space. I totally forgot that was 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it shows as 2019 because it had that festival thing, but I don't count that. That's not when it was released. Yeah, we don't usually. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, this was uh, Color Out of Space, uh, Lovecraft, uh, you know, Lovecraft story. Uh, has some really, really kind of dodgy at times Nicolas Cage acting, <laughs> but also what? Nicolas Cage <laughs> makes the movie awesome as well. Um, it's got lots and lots of uh, kind of, uh, it's well designed, but at the same time, uh, spotty looking. It almost jumps out at you the same way the mist uh, CG looked. Uh, you watch know, the mist in black and white. I know, but I don't want to have to watch it in black and white. I'm for... telling everybody who's listening. <laughs> yeah, and so this kind of has that same type deal where some of the CG looks a little weird, even though it's well made. But also, you're talking about uh, you know n- n- creatures that are interdimensional. Uh, who the hell knows what they look right? like? You know? Yeah. So yeah, and, I mean the the only real CG that stuck out at me as bad was at the end. Yeah. Um. Where it just kind of went a little too far. So I'm not saying oh. I'm not saying that this is bad in any way. The the oh. movies, it's like one of the best B movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, and definitely, I think other than uh, what is it, Mouth of Madness, probably the best uh, Lovecraft uh, movie I've Absolutely. ever seen. Absolutely. So yeah. anyway, yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. I believe it's on Shutter still. Um, it's like it, a triumphant return for Stanley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, because the dude was basically like blacklisted more or less from Hollywood for like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, from uh, Island to Doctor Moreau bullshit. Yeah. yeah, the documentary on that movie is great too. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, uh-huh. 
But yeah, so no man, I had totally forgotten that that was 2020. Yeah, it seems like so long ago. I know, I know. If I remembered that, that would have probably been at least my number two. That's what happened to um, me in the hunt. I, I, yeah, but and and so it's like that movie was fantastic. Um, and the body horror on it was nuts. Yeah. All right, so, uh, so go ahead and say both of our number ones, because I know uh, Well, matches. hold on, we, we got to do a couple honorable mentions. Uh, okay, there we go. All right, start your honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to throw, speaking of Lovecraft, I'm going to throw Underwater in there. Um, that was in 2020? It, yeah. Really? I thought that came January out. 2020. What the hell? Yeah. It, this year has been super long, Craig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it. Um, so, I mean, it was... All right. It's not a great movie. <laughs> but I want to throw it out there because I'm a huge fan of Alien. And um, it's basically Alien Underwater. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like Deep Star 6. Uh, or Yeah, I pulled Deep Star 6 out instead of The Abyss. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's that sort of thing. It's got um, some Lovecraft mythos in there. Um, it's not great, but, uh, I, I just wanted to mention it because I liked it and I've actually watched it multiple times. Um, but yeah. Do you want to go back and forth or you just want me to say a couple? Nah, go ahead and do yours. All right. Um, I'm also going to throw out Borat on there. Oh, um, shit. yeah. <laughs> because, uh, I don't think it was as iconic or influential as the original Borat. Uh, hold on, you're cutting out. See, you're right, cutting sorry. Out. Uh, yeah, it's not as iconic as the original, but what? Or or as influential, right? Because, um, I mean, that, that movie, like, I don't know. But it was nice to see Sasha Baron Cohen, um, like, kind of get back into this sort of thing. I feel like it was something that 2020 needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and then uh, the Maria Bacal... Bakalova, Bakalova, uh, she did great as um, Borat's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was good. It was really enjoyable. It was a nice, like, sort of diversion. Um, and then my third honorable mention, I'm just going to leave it at this one, uh, was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was like, it, Sonic the Hedgehog was so much better of a movie than it had any right to be. Yeah, it was fun. It was real fun. Like, like there was no reason why that movie was enjoyable, like, should have been as good as it good. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Written by, uh, God, what, Josh Miller Patrick and Josh pa- Miller. Patrick Casey. Yeah. Both of yeah. which I'm friends with, although they may not, they may have unfriended me on Facebook. <laughs> I did make a joke about Sonic the Hedgehog winning the uh, Oscar and tagged them both in it, and I don't really know them. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess the uh, joke is on. On them for friending me on Facebook or allowing my friend request. You played the long con on that one. Yeah. Oh, well, Patrick Casey's still friends with me. It doesn't look like Josh Miller is. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Oh, no. He is friends with me. Good job, him. 
you. I, I, just name dropping. Well, I friended them so that they, we could get them on the podcast because I wanted to talk about uh, one of my favorite films that they of all time that they wrote, Hey, Stop Stabbing Me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they... Did we review that once? No. No, no, we just talked. We've uh, talked about it. But yeah, I love that movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, that didn't. Apparently, they became Hollywood bigwigs in that in the time. <laughs> so, apparently, they're writing Oscar-winning movies. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I I loved uh Sonic the Hedgehog. It didn't make my list, but it probably should have. Um, I will say my list. Uh, you're done with your honorable mentions? Yeah, I just threw a couple out there. All right, so we already talked about Freaky and the Devil all the time, and then I had three that came out right at the 2019, like the ass end of 2019 that I didn't watch and weren't really widely seen until 2020. So I just throw them in honorable mentions. Well, maybe I don't know. Parasite. It didn't really even have like. It had art art theater runs, but it didn't get a wide release until the early part it, of this it year. Did it win an Oscar in 2019? It won an Oscar for 2019, early part of 2020, which made it get wide released. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, not really 2020, but still a good movie. Um, until- I still haven't seen it. It's it's kind of like, like thriller horror adjacent, right? Like, especially towards the end. I don't know that I'd consider it a horror film, but it's it's messed up. I know some people do. Yeah, well, they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's not really horror, but it, it it's more of a class satire. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, in search of darkness, uh, only because it also was done in 2019, but nobody saw it until it hit Shutter. Which it's like a six hour, four or six hour documentary about like, hey, remember this from the eighties? And it was just like <laughs> literally, hey, remember this for hours of eighties horror <laughs> films. And like it it had a lot of people on uh especially uh Alex Winter knew a lot about eighties horror. Um Alex Winter is like uh like he's a very like movie knowledgeable guy. Makes sense. Like he's a yeah. Yeah. But literally it would be like, hey, remember this one? All right, let's look at it. But it had no narration. It just just shoved people's asses like like just it it, it, it what it would do is it would pan out on a bunch of uh VHS covers and then or posters and then would just pan in on one and then be like it show scenes of it and stuff. It was pretty cool, really really good to throw in the background. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't really command your attention, but it will be like, oh yeah, on a few titles. Most of it's shit we all know, though. Um, yeah. And then Uncut Gems, uh, fantastic movie. I think it rolled out at Christmas last year. Um, but really, really good. Um, so those were my honorable mentions. And then the only other one that I had, uh, that I'm surprised didn't make either of our list, uh, was Palm Springs. With Andy oh, yeah. uh, it's a Groundhog Day type film. Uh, came out, debuted on Hulu, I believe, over the summer. Um, really good, very dark, very funny. Yeah. Um, but really, really good movie. Um, I, I recommend that quite a bit. All right, so now let's go to your number one, which I believe we probably both share. Yeah, probably. Let's let's see. Directed by Rob Savage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> released uh july 30th um it's host yes um 
it's a, another shutter thing, right? Um, but it is extremely low budget. It was at one point the number one movie in the world. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is um, six friends uh, hold a seance over Zoom. Yeah. And it's genius. <laughs> like, I mean, like it. <laughs> I don't know about genius. No, I mean, like I, I no, I mean, I, I we 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 talked about it when we did a review of it. Um, it was like one of the only movies to ever get like double fives from us. Um, but I'm just talking about like the way the way it used the medium. Oh yeah, what was fantastic. Um, because it w- it's a Zoom call, and like everything that makes Zoom Zoom was used, like right down to um, the fact that they were using the free version, and it only allows you to have a group call for so long, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like stuff like that, and it was just it was just such a in attention to detail um, that was extremely well done, and I watched it on my laptop in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> right? I wish I like, had. Like which which I think is the if if you haven't seen it, which I think that's the right way to do it is watch it on your laptop. Yeah. You know, or a computer or something in where you know, it feels put, like, you're, like, part of the like call. you're actually in a Zoom call. Yeah. And I don't know. It was it was great. It was uh I know there's actually been kind of a string of these like made in pandemic Zoom call movies. Um, but I don't know. This one was, it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfriended. I loved, um, uh, I know a lot of people is hit or miss, but I think what unfriended didn't have it, that this film has is the fact that, uh, it was made during lockdown. It, it, it basically hit in the zeitgeist as well, yeah. where unfriended was just like, all right, well, this is a Skype call, you know? Yeah, but like everybody was either zooming. I didn't really zoom, but I used uh, video calls, you know, during the (laughs) pandemic. Um, And everybody was kind of doing that. They mentioned the pandemic. Like it felt so much more timely. And what they did here versus unfriended was they did like the 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 oh, did I see that type things Mm -hmm. like in the background? So well like and it it was legitimately creepy at one point like scary where unfriended was fun i don't know that it was scary but yeah so good and 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 they used like you know background replacements and stuff like that to their advantage Mm -hmm. and like you know bad connections and stuff it i don't know i i really can't say um enough about it <laughs> yeah i really really did like it it's not just oh well this just happened to be my favorite movie of the year uh-huh. right like it's a legitimately really well done movie yeah and in fact like if you're a fan of this movie um i don't know if you listen to postmortem with mick garris um but if you don't you need to change that. It's a fantastic podcast. Mick Garris, uh, you know, masters of horror, uh, of the masters of horror or fame, as well as all the Stephen King adaptations that he's done. You know, he brings people on and 
recently they had Rob Savage, Jimmy Hurley, and Jed Shepard from that, and they had a fantastic uh, discussion about how they made the film, um, how it came to fruition. I'm reading uh, how it came to fruition during the worst pandemic and over a century, as well as the humble origins of these talented filmmakers. Um, really, really mm-hmm. good discussion on that episode. So check that out. Uh, that's this is not affiliate marketing, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really good film. Like in an otherwise shitty year, for, in both just yeah. normal and in terms of film. Um, but yeah, I love these episodes. <laughs> we should do monthly top fives. Yeah. <laughs> You remember? Oh man! And now honorable mentions. Now these were technically released two months ago, but (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't watch it till this month. (laughs) So, all right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll be back with normal stuff sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll see you then. 